much for joining us today on episode number 133 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We find ourselves in a bit of a new world, a new situation. A lot of people aren't sure exactly what to do. And when we're approached with new things, we can make a couple of choices. We can choose to attack them head on. We can choose to be fearful and turn the other way. Or we can choose to accept them and see what good things they can bring. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So before we jump into the episode, I just want to give a special shout out to all of the members of our current five-day running transformation challenge. The new group that we have going through this challenge right now is so awesome and it's been so much fun. We started the challenge on Monday, March 23rd and the people are have just been going through this and making some really amazing gains and having some really good ahas so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to go with a new group. It kind of gets into the idea yeah. of, of working with new things because it's a group of people that are open to in all likelihood, something they've never really tried before. And and they're soon finding that, you know, sometimes they might feel a little uncomfortable when it comes to trying new things. So I just want to give you guys a shout out and acknowledge you for doing a great job thus far. If you're listening to this on the day it's released, you can still sign up for that running challenge over at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. We did start on Monday, but that content will still be available for you today. So you can still jump in and join us if you if you want to. Um, and stay tuned because we will be reopening our Real Life Runners Training Academy on March 30th. So stay tuned for that. We've got some really exciting changes for you. And that store. is just around the corner. I know. It's so much fun. I can't wait because the, the changes that we've made to both the program and to the options that we're giving to people, we're just opening it up to a, a whole new group of people and I can't wait to see what happens. Right. It, uh, it's kind of a, it's, it's a new thing for us of, of the way that we're going with it. And so when you're like, hey, why don't we do outline a podcast on try, try new things? It's like, we got a lot of new things going on right now. <laughs> There's a lot of new things. And we have to acknowledge kind of what's going on in the world today, right? With, of course. With the COVID virus happening and things are getting shut down the world is kind of on lockdown or at least at standstill it's a very weird place that a lot of people are finding and this is a place that the majority of the world population has never been before most of us have never experienced anything of of this magnitude in our lifetime now most of us were not alive for the spanish flu of 1918 right and even if we were things were still very different then than they are today yeah you have to stay at home oh don't worry i'll just text my friend right just that wasn't really an option right so we are all finding ourselves right now in uncharted territory no one knows what to do no one knows how to navigate this because this is a brand new situation that literally every single person in the world is faced with so Today we're going to be talking about trying new things, doing new things, navigating new things, because when we are approached with a new idea, a new opportunity, a new challenge, our perspective is ultimately what is going to determine the result, how we perceive the situation, what we, what thoughts we tell ourselves, the things that we have in our brain, because there are these emotions that come up, right? Whenever we have something that we're faced with and emotions we can't always control those initial feelings that's just kind of your brain's response to any given situation yeah i mean your brain generally tries to 
protect you at all costs. Right. Um, and so it sees something new and it's like, ooh, that's new. I'm not sure about that. And it tends to give you an immediate response, especially if it thinks that that new thing reminds it of something else that right. it didn't like. Yeah. So, it, so it, goes, it goes fearful. Right. It, it can go fearful, right? But ultimately we can take that feeling or emotion and then decide what we want to do with it. And so it's, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the choices that we have, the control that we do have over the situation because some people are finding it's not much, right? There are some things, there are a lot of things that are out of our control right now. So we always have control over our mindset. We always have control over the way that we approach a situation. So today we're going to get into a lot of that. A lot of that. All right. Which, uh, which is helpful because mm-hmm. starting next week, I have to start remotely teaching a group of high school students. And, and that's new. That is quite new. Well, and we're going to have to start homeschooling our children right. via remote teaching resources. And, and that's new. Yeah. So and then we're going to have to try to figure out how to pay the bills. And that's new. And that's new. You know, so it's, all, it's all fun. Everything is new right now. So let's start out by just talking about the idea of a comfort zone. Okay. What is a comfort zone? So in, in our daily life in general, we kind of go through the day and like 90, 95% of our habits are just on autopilot. Like we don't have to think about them. And it's not just like, well, yes, I go through the day and my heart keeps pumping. I don't have to think pump, pump, but like you don't really have to think all that hard about driving on your way to work. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to think about, you know, the process of eating your lunch. Like you just know, okay, well, I take the fork and I stab the food. It goes in my mouth. Like there's not careful thought and consideration to all of this. Like think of, you know, babies when they're literally like here trying to use a spoon for the first time mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how to hold it and then scoop stuff. There's a lot of thought to that. So many things that you do during the day are on autopilot, and that basically is your comfort zone, is all of the normal habits and routines and patterns that our subconscious can just take care of without having to bring new ideas to the forefront. It can just kind of cruise through the other the entire day without really going into a whole heck of a lot of thought. Right, because habits are the way that we save energy and save resources because then we can use our brain for other things that require that energy. Like if we had to think about eating every day, like you say, or t- think about a baby when they're first starting to walk. Like you, you brought up baby. I, I thought about, you know, when a, when a toddler or when a baby's first trying to walk, how deliberate every step is and then they fall and then they get up and then they take another step and then they fall. And I feel like, you know, so, sometimes our runners kind of feel like that when, when they start trying to correct their form or start into some new training plans. They, or drills. Or drills, <laughs> you know. It can be a little awkward to, to try to figure out how to make your body do what you want it to do. And so when you have those new things, it takes a lot more brain power, which then leads to a lot more fatigue. And so there's only so many new things that can be brought to the forefront of the brain for us to learn at one given time. And I think that that's what's leading right now to this huge sense of overwhelm and anxiety and fatigue. Like I know I've talked to people that are like, I don't do anything all day long, but I'm still exhausted by like the middle of the afternoon. Right. Because everything that you are doing is not what you're used to doing. Right. And so even if they're not like physically difficult or what seem like really mentally demanding things, 
They are because mm-hmm. they're not things that are on autopilot. They are right. completely outside of your normal routine. And so you have to think about it where normally it's like, well, I, I pack my lunch or I'm at work and I, I just get lunch from wherever during, during, you know, your work hours. If you brought your lunch, you go out and you buy your lunch, whatever it is, you've got a routine that you set up. And now suddenly you're home and so is everybody else. And everybody needs to be fed lunch at the same time. And just making lunch in the middle of the day is a thought-consuming process. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a lot of effort going forth there. Right. And your brain, believe it or not, uses the most amount of energy in the body. So your workout doesn't use that much energy. I mean, it does, if you, especially if it's a harder one. But your brain is really what consumes the most of your energy requirements on any given day. So when you find yourself in a completely new situation and in a completely new routine, that's why you have so much fatigue afterwards because your brain is just working on overdrive to try to process all the new things and figure out what the heck to do with them. Yeah. So to try and, and avoid that, that fatigue and that just that exhaustion, the brain likes to create routines. It create right. likes to create wonderful patterns that we just kind of roll with because routines feel incredibly safe because they're very, very predictable. It's right. the same thing day after day, and it's easier. The brain wants us to survive. It keeps us out of exhaustion, keeps us out of new things. The brain just wants it to be the same thing every day. The brain would like to flip over to autopilot mm-hmm. um, where you could literally just pass through like days and weeks as long as you just carefully go with the flow and not think all that much. You know, I, I can think back to weeks of school where it's like, oh, I guess it's Friday already. And it's because I just kind of cruised through the week and, and nothing like crazy came up during the week. And I just kind of moved along and, and five days passed, you know, and this can totally happen depending on what your job is. But now jobs are all over the place. Kids are, are all stuck at home and it's a big change in the routine. And so that's allowing you to sort of wake up and be like, okay, this is what I need to actually take care of today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the current situation that we're in basically is forcing you out of your comfort zone. Like you don't really have a choice anymore. Whereas like if this was quote unquote, our normal life, (laughs) you would need to make that choice to kind of get outside of that comfort zone and break that routine. It would be a a conscious choice to actively disrupt the pattern, which the world is giving us right now. Right. Because generally what's going to happen is the brain's going to try and put you back into whatever that situation was before. The brain wants to go back to the routine. So you have to consciously choose to stop the pattern, to to aim for a different pattern. Right. Because the pattern and the behavior and the habit is the safe place. It's the predictable one. It's the one that the brain doesn't have to waste all of its energy on trying to figure out because it it already knows it so well. Right. So then when you try and make little changes, small changes and be like, oh, well, it's it's my job and I, I don't like the job. So I'm going to try this job over here. But the underlying issues are still there. You fall back into the same pattern. The brain's like, okay, cool. We're back at work. I'm going to create the same situation I had before. And people like, oh, I'm bored in my current job. When you're bored in this job, you're going to be bored in that job over there because your brain creates this pattern of, I get bored at work. Unless you actively disrupt it and and create a new pattern. Right. And this is all like about what brain rewiring is all about. And there's a lot of information out there now about this kind of rewiring of the brain and habit patterns and formation and ways to, to form new behaviors in our lives. And that starts with pattern disruption and that starts with a conscious choice. Right. And there, I mean, there's a few places that this can show up. I think that yo-yo dieting is one of the 
um, places where your brain trying to go back to normal also mm-hmm. shows up. Yeah. Is people try and like, oh, well, I'm just going to go so extreme on this and I'm going to cut out, you know, everything. I can't, won't even look at a carb and, and the weight drops and then their brain goes, okay, but that's, that was weird, but I'm going to go back to normal and mm-hmm. it swings back the other direction. It swings back too far right. and then they go too far the other direction because the brain's trying to bring them back to where they are. Um, same thing happens with some like extreme exercise programs is they go so extreme that it's hard to hang on to it long enough to fully disrupt the pattern. It causes like a brief change, but then what happens? Because you can't sustain anything that extreme for that long. Right, because the pattern has to stay disrupted until the brain decides that it has a new pattern. Because if, if what's easy now, like so if you're in one way of acting and that is like your norm and you disrupt it and then you disrupt it, again and again and again and again with the same thing, then your brain's like, oh, okay, I guess this is the new way of doing things. This is what I need to get used to. This is what I'm going to create into that neural network, which is like the the pathway of neurons, the nerves in the brain. This is going to be my new pattern because this is obviously what we're doing on a daily basis. So if I accept this pattern and go down this route, then this is going to be my new normal. I won't have to waste as much energy trying to do this every day. Right. So if you try and make like gradual changes and slow changes, then you don't freak your brain out. Then it doesn't say like, okay, well, I definitely can't do that because that is so far away from what I want. Sometimes what you want really is very far away. The world that we're living in is kind of pretty far away. The question is when things go back to quote unquote normal, are you going to slide back into your old ways Mm -hmm. or are you going to use this pattern disruptor to actually change you on a, on a deeper level, mm-hmm. or are you just going to go slide back into the way that things were? Were you happy beforehand? Great. Slide back into that. Were you unhappy? Use this pattern disruptor that's been thrust onto everybody to actually change your pattern, to actually go to, to a deeper level and say, okay, this is going to be the new way I do things. This is going to be my new normal. Yeah. And I think that this way that we're in right now is the extreme, you know, this is the yo-yo diet. This is the yes. extreme exercise program. So I think that what what's what's happening right now cannot be reality forever, okay? Right. Because it just can't. So there will be a change from where we are right now. Now, this is the the question is how far are you going to swing back? Like Kevin said, if you had a, a pattern that was working for you before and you were happy and you were healthy and you got your runs in and your workouts and you were eating healthy and you were taking care of yourself and you were spending lots of time with your family and everything was going well, you were happy in your job, then by all means, you know, slide right back into that. But if there was an area of your life that maybe you would like to improve upon, maybe it wasn't exactly where you wanted it to be, you can find yourself maybe now spending more time with that. Like maybe before, if you didn't have enough time with your kids and now you do, okay, maybe you're not going to be spending 24 hours a day with them locked up in a house, but you can make some sort of change so that it's, you find that kind of middle ground between where you were before and where you are now to kind of give yourself that new way of living, that new pattern, because that something new is still outside of your comfort zone, but you've gone so far in the other direction, that kind of sliding back into a normal, but still holding on to some of this, the goodness that's coming out of this situation is, is going to be really beneficial. Yeah. I mean, you, you made a really good point there of, um, really anytime you go to something new, 
new is automatically outside of the comfort zone. Right. Like new by definition is is not comfortable because it's it's different. Mm-hmm. And that difference is what makes it um depending on on how you look at it, some people can get a little wary about it, some people get a little angry about it, some people get excited by it and like we said all the way at the beginning, your perspective in in how you treat that new situation, that new event that you're faced with really affects the results that you're going to be able to pull out of that event. Right, because a lot of people think about the fear of the unknown, right? And the the brain creates this fear of the unknown because fear is just a defense mechanism and that's to help put push us back into our previous pattern where the brain knows that pattern. The brain's good at that pattern. It, it knows all about that. And so we get this emotion of, of anxiety or fear in order to send us back that way so that the brain doesn't have to use so much energy to try to figure out the new thing. So if we continue down that pattern, if we approach a new situation with fear, it will present reasons for us to be fearful because essentially that's the message that you're allowing to continue in your brain right if you if you look at a new situation as i don't know what's going to happen but it's probably going to be bad like if that's if that's how you open it mm, this is unclear it could go either direction but probably bad then you go into it with fear um one of the things i I thought of is um i often go running down this path which is kind of dark on morning runs and if i went into it thinking like ooh this is a dangerous, scary path, then every little rustle in the bush, as much as it's totally a lizard, is clearly going to be some scary thing that could jump out at me. Mm -hmm. Like that would be my thought of if I go down this street with fear, I would only hear sounds that could definitely be something that is really, really scary. Instead, I go down it and I feel safe. I feel comfortable down this path and I'm able to actually enjoy the moon and the stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that caused me to start running with people was because I knew I needed to start running in the dark in the early morning in order to actually make this a habit that I was going to stick to that the day wouldn't somehow throw something at me to make me you know miss my run or whatnot so I knew that I needed to get up and start running in the morning but I was fearful you know especially as a girl and um running by myself in the dark like especially the stories that you hear right that that causes fear and anxiety and that's what caused me to then find friends and running buddies to run with now when I run in the dark I'm perfectly safe like I I don't worry about my safety at all when I'm running in the dark because I know there's safety in numbers and so that's the pattern that I've then accepted in my brain to tell myself no I'm I'm safe we're good right so you had fear but you had well-founded fear right it wasn't so much fear of the unknown as you were like well it's really isn't the safest thing to go off and, and run all by myself in the dark People don't know exactly where I am. This might not be the safest thing. Right. Um, you know, I feel more safe, you know, just I stick on my, my blinky glowy vest and, and I feel a little bit more confident running down the down the side of the road. And, and you're a burly strong man. Obviously. Um <laughs> burly, that is definitely the word to describe me. Um like a lumberjack. <laughs> should have grown a beard. Um Thank you for not growing a quarantine beard. I yeah. appreciate that very <laughs> yeah, that much. would not go well. Um, but 
you then took the appropriate reactions and the appropriate accommodations to essentially alleviate your fear. Mm. Not to say, okay, I can't do this thing because it's too scary, but you looked at it and you said, all right, my fears are specifically caused because of this. If I now run in a group, now I don't need to have fear anymore, mm. and now you can go off and enjoy your early morning run in the dark. Right, so I acknowledged the feeling that there was, and I came up with a solution so that I could break through that. And again, that goes back to what we started with in the beginning. It's it's our perception of the situation. It's what can we control of the situation to make it better. And anytime we try something new, fear might be something that comes up for you. And so you need to figure out how to get past that if it's something that you actually want to continue with. Because fear is not a helpful reaction when there's no real danger. Fear is a very helpful reaction if you are, in fact, in danger. Because fear basically tells you you need to turn and run away and get away as fast as you can. But if there is no real danger and your brain is just creating this emotion because it's just something that is new and unknown, you need to figure out a way to then overcome that and put things in place in order um, to keep that fear at bay. Right. So, I mean, I brought up the the early morning run where there was a legitimate source of your fear and you took uh, took charge of this thing. Mm-hmm. But the same thing comes up about like, oh, I've, I've never run a half marathon before. That's so long. I don't know if I could do that. That seems really long and scary. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because you're projecting fear onto that because you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So you and don't know if you can. Either. Exactly. So it puts that idea out there. Well, the same way that you found running people get yourself a training plan, Mm -hmm. get yourself some support and get some guidance and you can be very successful at this. This does not need to be fear of the unknown. You just need some support along the way and it'll get you right through the fear. Fear is is simply the early emotion. That doesn't mean that it has to be the go-to emotion that shuts down your ability to go go to anything that is new. Exactly. So once for another way that we can deal with new things that are outside of our comfort zone is to take that situation. So fear is one way. Okay, that's the first way that we might respond to something new. Turn and run away. Turn and run away. The second thing we might do is to try to force that new situation to fit our current understanding. Okay, so this is we've moved past that fear of the unknown. We're like, okay, we're not fearful anymore, but we still don't really know enough information about this. And we're not quite fully open to the new situation. Like we are kind of like we, we, we say we're telling ourselves. Oh, we're definitely that we telling are, ourselves right? that we are. Like we're telling ourselves that we're open to this, but we don't quite understand it. And we don't quite understand everything that may come attached to that. So what we do is we take that new situation and then we use the constructs that we already have in our lives based on the experiences that we've had in the past and try to make it fit somewhere where it doesn't necessarily fit in. Yes, this is this is the square peg round hole reaction You're thinking to of the puzzle that we're doing right now with our children, aren't you? <laughs> oh, circle puzzles. Circle puzzles are so hard because none of the pieces fit correctly. The circle puzzles are very interesting. Like, this might be my first circle puzzle and the, the pieces are just... The, the most random, obscure shapes you've mm-hmm. ever seen in your life, just, you know, to make them all fit. Yeah, and so to try and use the systems that you already know about, oh, well, I'll just, I'll use these tricks to solve a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I'll use, I'll just, I'll find the border. Well, the border is a circle, and mm-hmm. they're all weird pieces that don't go together. And so many of them are so close. Like, there were so many times that I would put a piece in, I was like, that looks so close, but, like, the line was just slightly off. I mean, ever so slightly, and then I would be like, Kevin, is this wrong? You're like, yeah, it's wrong. I'm like, I know. And it's like, it's funny because I <laughs> yes, knew. Yes, I know. <laughs> I knew it was wrong, 
But I was like, well, maybe if he says it's okay, then I can just leave it there. Like, duh. Like, you're not going to be able to finish the puzzle. <laughs> the puzzle is not getting done. <laughs> it's not going to get done. Like, you know, but. So what happened when the seven-year-old had like 30 minutes to herself? And the she goes, I finished the border and there's two extra pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't finish the border, honey. <laughs> right, exactly. But sometimes the things are so close. And it, same thing in our real life. And things can be so close to an experience that we have. And so our brain is like, oh, I know that one. Done that before. This goes right here in this category. And so then we end up pigeonholing ourselves or pigeonholing that new experience and not actually opening ourselves up to the full extent of what that experience could be. Right. So we can't gain anything from the new experience because we've already told ourselves it's not really new. I mean, I don't don't think we can't gain anything. We can't gain fully. Exactly. And that's what that's what I'm saying, like about opening ourselves to the the full breadth of the entire experience. Right, because we've we're really trying to convince ourselves that we're still inside of the comfort zone. Like we're not. This is in <laughs> fact a new situation, but we're trying to convince ourselves. It may be fear, honestly, that, that's a little bit behind this one, but we're telling ourselves this is close enough to what I've already done. I know how to deal with this, and that's going to limit any gains that you can get from it. Yes, you, you're still outside of your comfort zone, so you can still gain some positive from this, but you're telling yourself that it's basically like what you've done before, and because it's basically what you've done before, and you've gained and you've learned that lesson already, really, how much new things can you gain from this one? Right, and I think that we've all experienced experience this either in ourselves or we've definitely seen people do this because people are like oh I got this and you're like but you've never done this before yeah yeah, yeah but it's, it's fine I got this and there's a difference between like someone that's just very confident in their abilities and there's and someone that's trying to take that situation and just make it into something that it's not which it does not always end very well be like right. no 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 I've totally driven a car uh, this is a stick shift it's pretty much the same thing he's got four wheels yeah it's that's like, not gonna go it's well it's like finishing a circle puzzle with two extra pieces <laughs> yes like it's just it's just not going to to work like oh wait there's a clutch i don't know how to how to work that thing do that right so okay so those are the first two things that when we are approached with something new we've got fear then we've got trying to fit it in with what we already know the third one is attack okay anger right so fear makes us want to turn and run away anger makes us want to attack and fight back at the situation so a lot of people choose to be be angry when things like this happen be Mm -hmm. angry when there's situations that are out of their control that they don't know what to do with like this is new I don't know what to do this is not okay I'm mad at you for doing this to me and they try to like start pointing fingers and finding people to blame right it's basically as unproductive as fear but you feel more productive because you're doing things in fear you kind of go into this like cowering mode or like turn and shelter yourself back in your comfort zone with anger you feel like you're doing things because you're attacking the problem but you're not attacking it at all productively you're just angry and pretty much you're you're name calling and you're pointing and you're trying to place blame on things you're not at all open to this new situation you're not trying to gain any lessons from the new situation you're not trying to gain anything positive from it you're basically saying this is new therefore it's bad mm-hmm. and i'm going to attack it i'm right. going to defeat the new situation you're not trying to defeat anything because it's it's not a good or a bad thing it's just new and different 
so there, there's no reason to attack it, but we kind of attack because we go beyond fear and, and straight into anger mm-hmm. where you don't want to just shelter, but you still don't quite know what to do with it. So you just get mad at it. Right. And I think that all of us have seen a lot of that this week also, like over the last couple of weeks with the, the COVID crisis, like there's a lot of anger out there in social media, in just the regular media, people aren't sure what to do. So they're just getting angry. They're getting angry at the government. They're getting angry at at other people they're getting mad at and angry at the spring breakers like there's a lot of anger and judgment and blame and shame going on well yeah it gets to a lot of judgment because if you're not sure what the problem is if you're not sure how to how to deal with the new situation at least put the blame onto somebody else because then it's not your problem it takes a lot of the weight and the responsibility off of yourself whereas we should all actually take our own responsibility let everybody else take their responsibility and not just point them as as the problem i feel like this happens a lot like my first thought on this was newborn baby mm-hmm. of is a lot of unknown there's yeah. a lot of new stuff and the kids up and they were up at midnight you haven't slept in like a week and a half they were up at midnight you got them back to bed now it's two o'clock in the morning and they're up again and the parents just start yelling at each other they're not mad at each other yeah but they're they're so exhausted and it's a new thing and no one why don't you put the kid to bed? Why can't you get the kid back to bed? And it ends up with with name calling be- mm-hmm. because you just want the kid to go to bed and you just want to go to bed and you're not sure how to make this all happen because it's it's all so new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the challenges of any sort of new situation is just navigating through the, these feelings because like we said, our brain is just using all of these defense mechanisms to protect us and to get us back into old patterns of where we know. So that's another thing that makes it very interesting when we don't have control over the situation that we find ourselves faced with. Like this podcast like makes a lot of sense if you are trying to make a change in your life. Like if you're trying to institute a new running habit or a new healthy eating habit or something like that, right? You, you It makes sense that you can try to f- kind of fall back into an old easy way but right now you can't do that you literally cannot fall back into your normal way of life right now not quite yet you know you're still at home in this situation and so your brain is just on overdrive and it's just not sure what to do and so now we're going to talk about maybe some of the more productive ways that we can deal with a a new situation and the unknown and and maybe help ourselves along this. And for those of you that maybe um, that have listened to us before, you know that I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. And she just started her own podcast, which so far, of course, I'm in love with because it's her. And so her first episode was on first times. She calls them FFTs. So it's an F word. F first times. So you can guess what that what that means. Fancy. Fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was but it's talking about like our response to those new and novel first time things. So that's very apropos to what we're talking about today. Yeah, no, pretty much spot on. Yeah. I was just waiting for you to say into the arena and then I could continue with mine. Should I say into the unknown? Because I I've been thinking that like this whole podcast too. I, I could I break... have the drum beat going in the background from the uh 
Panic at the Disco version. Oh, yeah. Let's break out some more Frozen 2 references. You guys, I know you guys love those. You guys post about it in the tribe all the time. Yes, when in doubt, always Frozen references. <laughs> all right, so let's go into some other ways that we can approach a new situation. All right, so the, the most healthy way is, well, one, calmly. Well, we can't say the most healthy way because that's automatically putting a judgment on it. All right. Everybody else is doing this wrong. We've got this figured out perfectly. <laughs> no, right. Everything is definitely not going 100% smooth inside of this house. So another way, things are going pretty well here. I'm pretty, yes, I things think. are going pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there, things are going pretty well. But it's mm-hmm. always nice to kind of feel some support to, to talk some things out, right. which is such a weird thing for me to say. There's no way I would have said that like a decade ago. It's always nice to talk things out, said the awkward in- engineering introvert. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a long-distance relationship. So... What we have to start with is saying that this new is not good or bad. It's simply new. Right. And that's really tricky with what we've got because a lot of people can look at the situation we're currently in and say, well, this is bad. Right. And that's that's all about naming it and just identifying it, like like putting a name on it and identifying that this is where you are right now and that this is a new situation. That is like such a powerful thing for you to do because your brain just kind of like is able to take a breath at that point and be like, oh, okay, that's why I'm feeling this way, just because this is something new. Yes, because it's new. And it's not, before you get into it's good or it's bad or how you should react to it, just simply accept that it's new and therefore it's going to feel perhaps uncomfortable. Right. And then decide what you're going to do with those feelings of uncomfort and and awkwardness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the first time that you try a different uh, speed, like the first time you try and go sprinting. If you haven't done speed work in a long time, it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, this feels really weird. I tried to do a strength workout with the girls yesterday to help them burn off some energy because they've been inside the house for so long. And I woke up this morning and was like, ooh, that feels new and undifferent, un- uncomfortable discomfort in my thighs. <laughs> and I was like, well, huh, that because it's new and different. And right. that just, it creates changes in the body. It creates changes in the mind. And so you have to simply accept that this is new, not automatically bad. Right. And I think that it's easy right now for us to look at the world and our situation this way. But I also encourage you to look at running this way. Like let's, let's take this back to running and health. Like what you just yeah, said please. with, with a workout and because obviously this is the real life runners podcast. So if you decide that you're going to start a new thing, like all of our new five-day challengers that are starting to do some new things and they're starting to go out and try to figure out what an effort level is and what it means to run easy and what it is to run hard and what it is like to start to integrate some strength training in here and what is my reason for running? Like all these different things that we've been throwing at them this week to kind of make them do things differently it, it it can cause these feelings to come up. And so if we just identify, okay, this is something new. Now let's let's see about how we can figure this out and just approach the situation with this sense of curiosity and a mind of experimentation, then it takes a lot of the pressure off. You can just say, okay, this doesn't need to be good or bad. I don't need to be good or bad at this right now. Right now, this is just something that I'm going to try out. I'm just curious what I'm able to do with this new thing. Yeah, this is when you tried to get me to figure out how to like talk about feelings and emotions and stuff like that. I went through all of these early ones. I'm like, okay, so... You did. 
So this is unknown. This is weird to discuss my emotions. So I'm just going to try and avoid the situation entirely. Mm-hmm. We're just going to shut it down. Yep. There, I don't have emotions. I'm just going to kiss you instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about something very deep that I don't want to talk about. So I'm just going to lean over and kiss you. Perfect. It's <laughs> something distracting so that we don't have to have an actual deep emotional conversation. That seems like a good tactic, number one. Right. Avoid it. Avoid it because it's fear of the unknown. Uh, attack it. I, I don't have emotions. You're stupid. You have emotions. You never called me stupid. I didn't, but I definitely may possibly have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in our like two hour long phone conversations when we were in a long distance relationship on two opposite sides of the country and literally all we could do is talk. Yes. About feelings. About feelings and emotions. <laughs> and emotions. And, and it was like a three-hour time change, so you're trying to have these conversations at like one in the morning your time. I'm cause falling was, asleep on the phone. Yeah, because I, I had work, and then I had like a second gig, and I was... I couldn't talk to you until late, and yeah. there was like cell phone stuff that you had to have after peak hour time yes. also. Cause, oh, th- oh, that's right. Yes, because it that's was still right. the early 2000s, so there were peak hours on your cell phone. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And you used to have to borrow your mom's cell phone because you didn't even have one. Uh, I believe that's right. That yeah, sounds... at, at the very beginning. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, so, um, but I went through all of these, you know, and then um, the second one, the brain tries to put the situation to our current understanding. Okay, so I knew how to run. I knew how to run pretty well. So I tried to basically say, "Mm, how am I going to deal with these discussions of emotions? I'm just going to grit my way through it and just grind through. I can do this. (laughs) I I have persevered through quarter after quarter after quarter in a workout. I will make it through this conversation. I might need to bring some water with me, maybe a sweat (laughs) towel, but I will get through this conversation because I've done this before. And it wasn't until I was like, look, this doesn't have to be good or bad. This is simply a new thing that you finally started coming around and I could actually have a conversation about how I felt about things, which is weird. That happened last week. It's been it's been quite the work in progress with this uh, this guy here, but you you have you know you you've definitely <laughs> come around a lot with being able to look at something and and not just throw up defenses and walls of protection around yourself, and I think that's how a lot of us react when we are in that uncomfortable position or if we have maybe talked about our feelings and emotions before with someone else and it didn't go well and and they got thrown back in our faces or used against us then then you automatically have a negative um aura association association, thank you a negative association with that action so if you've tried running in the past and it didn't go well and maybe someone said something negative to you about it like there are people out there that project negatively on others right they see they see that you're getting healthier that you're starting to take charge of your running or starting to eat better and they start insulting you because you're making them take a second look at themselves and then they feel bad for what they're doing. So instead of blaming themselves and like looking inward, they look at you and they attack you, right? They respond in anger or fear to make you feel bad about what you're doing, even though what you're doing is good for you and has nothing to do with them. Just by them seeing you, you're making them feel uncomfortable. So if if maybe you've been on the receiving end of that anger, right? Either from family, friends, coworkers, like whoever it might be, and you've had some sort 
sort of negativity thrown at you when you've tried to make healthier changes in your life before, now you kind of have that bad taste in your mouth. You're like, oh, I tried that before and it like made this person mad at me or it made this happen in my life. Like, And so you're going to be less excited, less you know, willing to try that again. Right. And then there's also the person who has had the angry response, not necessarily thrown at them, but who has reacted angrily towards something. Mm So I'm going to try this new running program. I'm going to try and increase my mileage. I'm going to try and get faster. I'm going to try and combo strength with running. And maybe it, it led to soreness on their knee. Maybe their legs were just really, really sore for like a couple of weeks. And they're like, Mm -hmm. this is clearly not for me. And then they start blaming the plan. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what anger is, is blaming something else. Yeah. This plan is not designed for me. The people who made the plan are terrible. That website's awful. This is, And it's all name-calling. It's taking the responsibility off of you and right. putting it elsewhere. Right. Whereas it's just a new situation. It's going to take some time. We say this over and over. Running is a journey. Running is a long and slow path. Mm-hmm. And there are certain aspects that you can you can start seeing your, your changes and your improvements fairly quickly, but there's other ones that take a while to to sort of progress and slowly evolve and get to get to ultimately where you're aiming aiming for. Right, exactly. But you know, when you when we do choose to approach the new situation with that curiosity and that mind of experimentation, then we are going to be much more open to possibilities because we can then let go of the fear. Because when we say, oh, well, you know what, this is just an experiment. We're not committing to a given way of life. You're like, you know what, I'm just going to try this out. And there are good and bad, I think, about this mindset. I think that it's very helpful in the beginning to kind of have this mindset of experimentation um, and something that you're trying out. But you don't want to stay in that for too long because then you can let yourself off the hook for too e- like too easily. Yeah, like if you say, point. you know, this is something I'm just going to try out, like then you can, if it doesn't go well in the first week, you can be like, yep, tried it, didn't tried work. It. Okay, but, but honestly, like if you really self-reflect you didn't really give it a good try like and and I'll tell you right now if if you are brand new into running if you're just finding this this running podcast because you've decided like hey I've got all this new time on my hands and I might as well give running a try it's going to take a couple of weeks before it starts to feel good. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, if you're coming back off of a, a significant break for an injury or you ran you ran a race and then you just kind of fell off for a little while, yeah. it's going to take a bit before you come back. Like it takes some time before it starts feeling really good. And then once it does and you're like, oh, this is good, everything's going great, then you get that day again where it's just like, nope. Nope, this is not not going smooth, and and that happens. We it's all not, have that day. It's not a smooth path. There are days that you just have to get through, right. and and that's okay. Right, but when we're open to those new possibilities, and and we come at it through um, experimentation, then the possibility of failure kind of goes away. Like we we can just kind of remove that possibility of failure because it doesn't have to be good or bad, pass or fail. Like we're doing this right or wrong like it doesn't have to be any of that stuff it can be like okay this is the next step this is just what we're doing so by doing that and kind of getting rid of failure as even an option and just saying this is all just an experiment this is just something that I need to do and then learn from we then open ourselves to the lessons that 
there are so many lessons that we can learn, right? And and we then open ourselves to actually learning those lessons. I think this kind of is the, the counter towards saying that this situation is pretty much like this other situation I've been with. And it's saying that, no, this situation is new. And if I keep working at it, I'm not going to fail. Failing means I'm done working at it. I, I've given up on this situation. I'm going to go back to the way it was. And if you simply say, I'm just going to continue to persevere. I will get to it. Failure is not really an option. Um, it's one of the lessons I like to to start with the uh, with my track team in the spring when I still had a track team going. And I, I say, <laughs> failure is not an option on this team. Failure is a requirement that you have to go out there and be willing to crash and burn and get back up and keep going mm-hmm. because you need to keep going. It uh, it reminds me of the story of the Wright brothers that our daughter likes to read to us yeah. um, in, in one of her inspirational books of every day the Wright brothers headed out to try and fly. First off, these two guys should never have been the people who figured out how to fly. There were all sorts of engineers and people who had studied loads of physics and knew all sorts of stuff, but they were coming to it from the mindset of this is probably similar to what we already know. And so they were trying to fly a plane from this is how you drive a car. This mm-hmm. is how you make a, make a train work and stuff like that. Whereas the Wright brothers were a couple of guys who owned a bike shop, basically. And every day they headed out, they headed out with spare material because they knew that, that what they were bringing out that morning was going to crash. Mm-hmm. And they had to have spare parts to rebuild it slightly differently so they could try again. And then a few extra spare parts to try it the third time. They would bring out a whole bunch of material knowing that that plane was going to crash and that they were going to learn a lesson from it and try it again. And that one was probably going to crash and they would learn a lesson, tweak their design and try it again. Right. And that is just a perfect metaphor for our running journey as well, because there are times that we go out and we crash and then we're like, okay, let's analyze this and look and see what we did and how we can improve from this. What lessons can we learn from this portion of my running journey to help me move forward? And that's really what it's all about. And that's part that's that's a huge part of what we do inside our real life runners training academy we we really work on that mindset of being able to open ourselves up to that possibility being able to shift that mindset and then analyze our running and look and see where it is we need to improve and learn from keep learning you know give yourself the knowledge that you need in order to improve understand the the effort levels and the pacing and the strength training the mobility like all of those things that are important for runners to learn we teach you all of that and then you have to kind of take all those pieces and figure out what that looks like in your own running journey right how does you can't just go into it blind you need some knowledge but you need to figure out how it all comes together for you exactly yeah you need to make sure you have the appropriate shoes having some good running posture and stuff like that following a a solid training plan like you can't be like i'm gonna run 20 miles this week and now i'm gonna run 100 next week like that's not a safe plan and i'm gonna do it barefoot (laughs) right i'm gonna go from maximum cushioning this week at 20 miles to 100 miles barefoot because i read a book (laughs) but but having some knowledge behind this is is helpful but you still then have to experiment and figure out how all of that comes together best for you right and then if you take away good and bad and you take away failure and you take away all of those things so you basically take away judgment without that okay without judgment our actions can actually be productive and even open to extraordinary possibilities because 
you don't have to worry about failing anymore. You can just say, okay, that's this is what I'm doing today. This is what I've learned from it. Now what am I going to do again tomorrow, just like the Wright brothers? Right. It sets you up. I mean, it's how they went from being able to ride a bike to fly a plane. Like that was not a normal leap, but that was the big goal that they had set before them. And Tiny a lot of people, steps. right. It was, it was little step, little step, little step. And then they were actually flying a plane. Right. Because they would like, they would try out a version. They were like, okay, well that didn't work, but what from that did work? Yes. You know, like what small piece of this did work? And then they'd take that piece and then you know, morph it into the next iteration of the of the plane. And then they would just take those little pieces along the way. It's like there, there's a kid's book called The Most <laughs> Magnificent Thing. And I just read this to my friend's sons the other day because my friend, like with all of us being um, – sheltered in at home she had is having people read to her sons virtually um she's calling it the surprise reader of the day hi shelly so it's pretty cool and this is the book that i chose to read to them and, and the book is all about this little girl who's creating this magnificent thing that she has in her head and her dog is her assistant right and she talks about this magnificent thing that she's seen and so she builds it and it doesn't work the way she wants it to and so she then she throws it out and then she she starts all over again and builds another thing and then that doesn't work and so then she throws it out and she goes over you know invention after invention and she's got a whole line of them and and then at the end she just gets really really mad and then she kind of looks back and there's all of these past inventions that she has and she like just starts walking along down the line and she's like well I like that about that one and I like this about that one and there's like you know nine different things Mm -hmm. and so she like picked out what she liked from each of those things and then took those things and put them all together and then made the most magnificent thing which in this case was like this little side cart for her doggy to ride in on the side of her scooter which was so cute but but that's what it's about like she just wouldn't give up she kept building and building and building and that's what our running journey is about too that's what our health journey is about that's what our life journey is about is trying to, to figure out ways that we can move forward, ways that we can become better runners, better human beings, how we can support not only ourselves, but the people around us that we love and that need us, both right now in this time of a very weird COVID crisis and every time. And I think that right now, running is such an important thing. And a lot of people are coming into running right now, which is a wonderful thing because they do have some extra time. And I hope and I pray that they stick with it, you know, because that they they see the the benefits that running is going are that that running is going to give to them in their life, and then they can take that and and continue on that journey. Yeah. So so ultimately, what you're saying is we should look back over the parts of our life and find the parts that we love the best and piece them together until we are the most magnificent thing. I like it. Excellent. Way to go, Kev. So, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we had on our minds today about trying new things. And so we encourage you, you know, during this time where you find yourself in a very new and novel situation to try some new things, because chances are you, you might have some extra time on your hands. And if you're not a healthcare professional or one of the essential workers out there, which thank you. um, And we want to definitely acknowledge all the members of our real life runners tribe that are healthcare workers and out there, um, emergency responders out there on the front lines, like helping everyone and putting, putting yourself at risk every day. Thank you so much. We, you know, those of us that, that aren't doing that, um, appreciate everything that you're doing and we're staying at home as much as we can to protect you. To protect them. Yes. We are, we are sheltered at home for your sake. 
podcast. And I think that that's a perfect segue into our Runner of the Week segment. So before we jump into our Runner of the Week, I do want to say thank you to some of the members of our tribe that we know are our first line of defense out there. We've got Joe, who's working the lab and testing samples, and we've got Jenny and Karen, and um, who are nurses out in the, in the hospital. So thank you guys for what you're doing. And then we also have our current runner of the week, who we definitely would love to acknowledge for being out there on the front lines as a doctor in the hospitals at this time. I'm going to give her a drum roll. Do it. So our runner of the week this week is um, Jill Gadzinski. Woohoo! Woo, Jill! So Jill and I have known each other for a very long time. Um, but we actually went to college together, and we kind of lost touch throughout the years, uh, other than some random social media. But then Jill kind of found us again um, through the podcast and running platform and reached out and became a, a member of our Real Life Runners Training Academy this year. And Jill is a cancer surgeon, and she is out there on a daily basis saving people's lives. So Jill, thank you so much for what you do. And we've just noticed such an amazing shift in Jill over the few short months that we've been working with her because of the mindset really. I mean, it all, it all goes back to that mindset. So Jill has, she started running basically just to maintain that healthier lifestyle again, get, get back into prioritizing her health and her fitness and the shifts that she's been able to make over the, uh, just a few short months have really been extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, I remember her, I mean, you were her, you were her RA. I was her RA. When she was a freshman. So like, I remember her literally as a freshman in college. So it's it's kind of a different relationship that we've got going on yes, now, very years, much. years removed. Very much so. So we are super excited to highlight Jill this week and to say thank you. A lot of you probably know her in the tribe because even though she's only been in there a few short months, she has really made herself a part of the tribe in really not only sharing her own journey, but supporting everyone else in the tribe as well. And obviously we love her for that. So we reached out to Jill and let her know that we chose her to be our runner of the week this, this um, week. And this is what she had to say. I started running to get a Turkey medal. I'm being mostly serious. Running my first 10K last fall also seemed like a good way to jumpstart my commitment back to fitness. I followed a plan off the internet, completed the race, and was happy with my sense of accomplishment. I wanted to keep going, but I didn't know where to go next. That's what initially made me decide to join the Real Life Runners Training Academy. I just needed a plan. While following the recommendations of the coaching program, I quickly realized it was not just helpful to learn how to run farther. I found I was prioritizing myself in a way I had not in years. I was eating better. I was sleeping more. I was realizing that I am much more capable than my brain tells me I am sometimes. I was realizing I had slowly stopped to being able to receive compliments, and I had filled my thoughts with a lot of negative self-talk. Instead, I started running my life. I was much more physically and mentally healthy, and it overflowed into everything else. I am so grateful for this now more than ever. I am a cancer surgeon trying to keep myself and coworkers safe while still trying to treat women with cancer in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. I need hope more than ever. So now I run to show myself that I am strong, that I will get through this, that we will all get through this. Angie and Kevin and the entire RLL tribe, for your roles in this journey, thank you. Although I am not sure how you adequately thank someone for a gift of that magnitude. 
And that's one of the reasons we love Jill. Yes, because she's pretty <laughs> sure that we're giving her the gift and she's out there saving lives, literally out there saving lives. Well, she's given the gift to herself, really, is really what it is. that By investing in herself and committing to the program, like we're just guides along the way. Like it's We don't do the work. You're the one out there doing the work. And Jill, you have shown such a sense of commitment and curiosity, for sure. Like There was a lot of questions that came up in the beginning of, of what was was going on and and is this really right and this doesn't quite feel right to me and we just kind of there was a lot of us saying just trust the process <laughs> just, <laughs> and, and just, she did just trust us just trust the process it's, it's going to be okay and she did and she's she just keeps I mean she's leaps and bounds and like she said right now it is kind of crazy and it is tough, but we've seen such a commitment and a consistency in her. And I think she's seen that in herself, um, that it's really something special. And eventually there will be races again and she will be able to complete a half marathon. And she will. And we don't know when that might be, Who knows? but I think that it's going to happen sooner rather than later, especially. And when we're really looking forward to seeing some really amazing things from you, Jill. So thank you again for all that you do for your patience, for the world, um, and for us here at Real Life Runners and the tribe that, that you're a part of, we appreciate you and we honor you as our Runner of the Week this week. So if you want to experience some of the transformations that like Jill has talked about in her wonderful email there to us, you can get ready because the Real Life Runners Training Academy will be reopening next Monday, March 30th. And if you want to still get in on the last couple days of our five-day running challenge, again, that content will still be available for you so you can start back at day one. Yeah, it's not just the last couple days. You get all five. You get all five. So 5dayrunningchallenge.com is the way that you can sign up for that five-day running challenge and you'll get access to that for two weeks just to make to give you enough time to complete the the challenge so that in case life kind of gets in the way you'll have that access that will also get you access 30 days of free access to our strength library of all of our strengthening exercises that we wanted to gift to everyone right now during this covid crisis as well as a 30-day running plan so if you go to five day running challenge.com to sign up you will get all of those free gifts from us to you to help you in in your free journey or in your free journey in your running journey um to kind of figure out in ways that you can improve in your running and start some new things like we'll start some new things start some new things um implementing that you can improve from because truly if you want to improve and become a better runner there are ways for you to do so if you're just open to the possibility of it all. So in addition to that five-day running challenge, we are also hosting a virtual run this weekend. It's kind of like our uh, conclusion of our five-day running challenge. The conclusion of the challenge. Um, and it's a, it's a free thing. If you guys want to participate in our free virtual run, we would absolutely love for you to. But for anybody that completes our five-day running challenge and the virtual run, we have some cool prizes. We're going to enter everybody into a drawing to give away some memberships and some swag and some fun, cool prizes. And if you want to actually enter um, the race and get a swag bag and proceeds of our our race um, to benefit a, a very noble charity, you can also register and donate because the proceeds from the race will go to a charity. And Kevin's going to tell us a little bit more about that. The The charity is the Brave Like Gabe Foundation, which is, is a, a cancer research foundation, which helped me during, uh, during a, an off time in my life where I was trying to deal with seizures and whether I could run or not. And, um, 
understanding the the story of Gabe Grunewald and how she was overcoming cancer and created this foundation to raise money to help find research for cures for cancer. And I mean, the, the theme of the charity is running on hope. And that's what the world I think really needs right now is a lot of hope. Right. And I think that this is allowing us to use our running for the greater good also, because we all know that running can give us a lot in our lives. It can bring a lot to our lives. It can re- literally transform us as human beings, but we can also use our running for good. And so if you want to register in order to donate the proceeds to the Brave Light Gabe Foundation, you can go to realliferunnerstribe.com to register for that. And, and with that, we're, we're going to be gifting, gifting you guys a swag bag and then donating the proceeds to the Brave Light Gabe Foundation. Right. So all these links are going to be in the show notes because you're probably not writing them all down right now. Well, they're pretty easy to remember. I yes. mean, fivedayrunningchallenge.com and realliferunnerstribe.com for the virtual race. There you go. All right. So as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you spending this time with us and we appreciate it when you share us with your friends and, and continue to grow the tribe and spread the running love and help other people to learn how to run better, train smarter, and run their lives. So this has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 133. Now get out there and run your life.